Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. If you're not already, become a subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. All right. Ish, man, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Ah, Nothing much. Nothing much. It's Wednesday. Yeah. Kind of the, the weird middle of the week. Right. It's been kind of a weird week for me. I'm, I'm kind of working on a side project, a, a freelance thing right now. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just not used to doing anything outside of work. Right. Just, I'm used to just kind of going home and hanging out. <laughs> so a little different, a little different. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Wednesday. We're almost Friday <laughs> in the middle of magazine season, as we've talked about before. Uh, man. You got the chance to watch that Kobe Memorial? I did. I did. Yeah, we had it on here in the office a little bit. Um, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Like, uh, I think, I mean, everybody's talking about MJ's speech. Uh, the one thing I like to highlight is, like, the, it was a good platform for women's basketball. Oh, yeah. You know, it was Diana oh, Tarazi, yeah. Sabrina Ionescu. Um, there's one more I'm forgetting. Uh, Gino uh, spoke. Yeah, Gino. Gino Auriemma yeah. spoke. And so, because obviously, you know. Gianna Bryan was a huge UConn huge, fan. Huge, right. uh, Sabrina Ionescu was kind of her mentor, as well as Kobe was her uh, Sabrina's mentor. Right, right. Um, and obviously Tarazi and and Gino, you know, UConn icons, and like, <laughs> no wa- doubt, just kind of spoke to the magnitude as as to which that Gigi wanted to, you know grow up play, like from the moment she started playing basketball she was like i'm going to yukon and so like it was it was really cool to see all of them up there and and uh, obviously vanessa bryant's unbelievable strength to go up there like, yeah oh and basically God. have to give two separate eulogies and doing it just with grace and it was it was it was a great moment did like, you get any chance to read Mirren fader's piece in the bleach report no, okay I did not. so so she told uh, she just kind of pulled together a bunch of vignettes it yeah. was it was really cool just kind of the way that she did that and yeah. but i mean Mirren fader is oh she's one of the best oh, out there yeah. i it we were waiting for somebody to take over after lee jenkins yeah. and like Mirren's just like all right i got it i got it all right fine <laughs> I'll, I'll do the game changing profile right. thing whatever <laughs> um but so one of my favorite stories from this was uh, was apparently she was there at the Final Four game where UConn was playing against Notre Dame and Enrique okay. hits the shot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And apparently, I think this is like two years ago, I guess. She's like 11, 10, mm-hmm. 11, something like that. Apparently, she is just unconsolable. Oh, yeah. It, like, <laughs> inconsolable, sorry. And, and and it's just like, when I play at UConn, that's not happening. That's not yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> just such a great story. I mean, sure. I mean, it's been... Look, obviously... You know, it's been one of the great, you know, shocks, really, oh, sure. uh, you for know, sure. of, of our sports life, uh, just seeing this happen. But, you know, the one thing that's kind of cool about this is just not that anything's cool about this, but you know what I mean. Uh, one of, right, the, one gonna, of the things yeah, that's, the uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, cool about this just from a, you know, personal standpoint is just seeing, I guess, you know, as soon as something like this happens, you realize that sports rivalries are not. Oh nothing. right, you know, like right. yeah, Bill, like Bill Russell wearing the, oh the Kobe God. jersey during right. when the Lakers are playing the Celtics. He's right. sporting a Lakers jersey. Like right, that, that's no, it's it's little cool. moments like that. It's yeah. cool to think about, you know, because we we spend so much time here, and, and I mean, look, we're we're Dave Campbell's Texas football. You know, yeah. we got the Ags versus the Horns, we got the Bears versus the Frogs. You know, but like as soon as you know, this stuff just goes out the window so quickly, right? Sure, for you sure. You know, this is just such a cool way to get people engaged with each other. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that was a really cool celebration of it. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody was there. 
Every, it, was, it was it was crazy. <laughs> like I kept uh, I kept having people tell me like, wait, this person's here. Right. Wait, wait, Steph's here. Wait, uh, it, Jerry West is here. Like mm-hmm. just everybody. You know the the crazy stat that that actually I rem- remember hearing about all of this is that Kobe's only the third ever NBA MVP to ever die. Man, because it's the award such, started I mean, in like fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. And and so the th- only other two were. Uh, Moses Malone mm-hmm. and obviously Wilt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. And Wilt Chamberlain was like 70 when he died. Like, I mean, he wasn't old, but he wasn't super young. Uh, you know, Moses Malone was a little on the younger side. I think he was only like 62 or something like that. Like, we've never had this happen. Right. You know, we've never had, you know, lost somebody like this. So, right. uh, you know, again, nothing nothing sort of good about it, but it has been kind of cool to see everybody come together. Uh, one thing I will plug, I do have a story up right now on yes. uh Very good story. About... Kids basically named Kobe, named mm-hmm. after Kobe Bryant, and and how that really impacted them growing up, and how obviously his death has impacted him too. So you know, little plug, go mm-hmm. check that out if you if you can. So, but anyway, uh, we are shifting now to kind of NFL draft season. Mm-hmm. Like we do have spring uh, spring footballs around the corner, all that sort of stuff. But but I mean, especially a lot of teams are going late this year. Which, yeah, which I I mean I understand. I mean especially like UT Sam Baylor, obviously they're going to go late with new coaches, uh, lots of new assistants around the state too. So we are kind of right in the middle of NFL draft season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is always a little jarring to see my Twitter turn from like college football to like all right, all the amateur scouts are coming out now. You know, everybody's yeah. got their hand sized stuff. Everybody <laughs> with with five hundred followers is like you know I'm a NFL draft d- NFL draft scout gym whatever <laughs> on Twitter like talking right. about oh Joe Burrow I've studied fifty four hours of Joe Burrow and he actually is the third best quarter. You know how you have like all these guys who come out of the woodwork for right. three months of the year and cool. start talking about college football right. as if they had not been as if they're bra- Breaking news to people who actually watch it. <laughs> right. No, it, it's all it's always kind of fun. And I mean, like for me, I mean, I watch obviously as much football as anybody. Sure. Uh, and especially watch these kids as much as anybody. Sure. I mean, look, I, it is kind of funny when people just kind of declare themselves draft experts. Right. right. You know, like, like, hey, you know, I kind of noticed that, okay, he wins in this way too. But like, I don't know how it's going to translate. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that we can all do a baseline amount. But so it's kind of cool now. Mm-hmm. Now, like. Sort of the experts are also coming out, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, now you start the seeing the people who, right. who know what they're talking about instead right. of twenty four seven draft. Twitter. Right, right. Or it's like, okay, I actually trust this guy on this right. on this player who who you know might not pay attention to high college ball, and he right. sees him for the first time. He's like, oh, this guy's actually. I see the hype, right? right. I can see right. why you know Chase Young is getting this hype. I know Chase Young's not doing the combine correct, but uh, you know, yeah, you, he's, you get he's what he's I'm fine. saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it's always. <laughs> In the next couple of weeks, you'll see like this random tweet get like five thousand retweets <laughs> and eight thousand right. likes, and it's like uh, I'm trying to think of something that it would say. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, oh, he's, he's way too short, and uh, he, he's bad at pass blocking, right. and he played with Joe Burrow, so therefore, blah blah blah. Oh, his measurables, he he has terrible wingspan. Right. For some reason, that matters with running backs, but like you know, like <laughs> he has terrible right. wingspan, so therefore, I see him as a day three guy. And then you look yeah. at it and it's like, oh. Uh, 
NFL draft dump.com like had his had <laughs> well and we've we've already had our first big one of the year oh uh, joe burrow has joe small burrow hands, hands guys right, oh no right, right and i love joe burrow's tweet about that he's like if, if you'll excuse me i have to go like console <laughs> yeah. myself because my hands are retiring from the nfl yeah, i'm retiring because my hands are too small <laughs> like oh, yeah and God. and like i think it is sometimes uh useful yeah. to go through and think about like what are we trying to gain from it? all of these things right, right. because because here's the deal right uh, the combine lets us do athletic testing Mm -hmm. and so the point of it is that then we see does the athletic testing match the the tape basically right right? right. especially when you're dealing with kids who play different competition when you deal with kids who played different levels i Mm -hmm. mean because again like a like there's a kid this year from like lenore ryan or something like that who's like a first round prospect right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. you know i mean you can watch this film and obviously it's going to be great but like any D1 player is going to have good film against that competition, so sure. you want to confirm it sure. by saying, like, okay, no, 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 he actually has these qualities. You right, know? So, right. So, um, you know, for example, 40-yard dash. That's obviously the classic one. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that you're looking for when you look at 40-yard dash is you're looking for explosion out of the gate. Yeah. Um, you are looking for the ability to sort of break away. But, uh, but again, I mean, there's a reason that a lot of the time po- people post those first 10-yard splits because that's about mm. getting off the line. Right. I think that that's actually sometimes more valuable mm-hmm. than the 40-yard time. For uh, sure. And then, you know, for example, the the shuttle testing. Mm-hmm. The, the shuttle testing. I mean, that's that's a number that doesn't get talked about very much. But, like, that's side-to-side movement. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, like, if you're alignment, like if you're a defensive end, for example, yeah. your shuttle time is so much more important than your 40-yard time. Right. There's, there are... Three positions that would that need that would ever sprint maybe forty yards in a game. Right, right. running back, wide receiver, corner, right, maybe safety, probably safety too. Yeah. So, but like that's those are the only ones where you should really take the totality. Like it's cool to say you know Chris Johnson had a four two four or four four a four 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 two yeah uh, four two in the forty. Yeah. But like you know unless he's breaking away, like he's gonna get to he's it's that burst speed like you yeah. mentioned that the first five one to five yards that's yeah. really gonna dictate how explosive he's gonna be. So there are twenty eight kids from uh, who played texas college football invited to the combine mm-hmm. um i will say a couple guys who didn't make the list who surprised me i mean obviously we're big mason fine fans sure. we understand why he wasn't invited but that yeah. sucks yeah. um for me bravion roy from baylor not mm-hmm. making it i mean he was a freak you mm-hmm. know that's and, and that's one of those guys who you think uh, you know maybe could have had a big day um but tc leads away with seven invitees um you know which I don't think you would have necessarily thought that if you had watched them last right, year. Right. But, you know, every one of the guys on the list, I think, has a chance to be drafted pretty high. Um, you know, Baylor Baylor follows up with six. They had a lot of guys leave, mm-hmm. you know, so that's not hugely surprising. Texas, Texas A&M each have four. Uh, Texas Tech has three, including a, a guy who I'm really high on, Jordan Brooks, the linebacker. Um, and uh, SMU has two. Houston has one. North Texas has one. So okay. that's kind of how the, the list sort of breaks out. Again, I mean... It's a little surprising sometimes seeing just who gets picked and who doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, because you I, – I mean, not that there's a a great sort of guy who, who like, missed out other Mason Fine this year from some of those smaller schools. But, sure. you know, you still sort of feel like, oh, like Sam didn't have one guy. Yeah. You know, like uh, like who else? ACU didn't have one guy. Mm-hmm. Just I kind of – yeah, speaking of Sam, I think there was a receiver, Nathan Stewart, I'm pretty he, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah, feel, I thought great he point. would – Maybe because I mean, since his sophomore year, he's basically he's been a, a thousand yard receiver. Beast. So like, he's a beast. that was one of the surprising ones, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, t- to be clear, just because a guy doesn't appear on this list doesn't mean that he's not going to be drafted. Sure. And obviously, does not mean that he 
won't be an NFL player. So, right. you know, right. a lot of guys who – They do pro days. Exactly. Yeah, so. You know, that's why they do them. Um, you know, one thing that I think is that's been kind of cool in the state of Texas is that we've actually started to see sometimes some of the big pro days, like the Texas's, mm-hmm. A&M's, Baylor's, invite some of the smaller school players. Right, right, you know, I, right. I think that's been really cool, and, and I hope that that's something that obviously continues. Um, but, you know, when you look at this list mm-hmm. – is there a guy on this list, or a couple of guys, yeah. who you think could really, really boost themselves with a good pro day? So I mean, one, combine. Right, right, right. One that stood out to me, I'll give you two. Okay. I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you Denzel Mims. Okay. Because I feel like, similar to uh, bad comparison, which how this guy turned out, but little Jordan Humphrey, where mm-hmm. it's like, you see, you see the physical... Looking at Denzel Mims, right. you're like, okay, 6'2", around 6'1", six, 6'2", six, decent size, um, and then you just watch the film, you're like, okay, this guy just knows how to make plays. Definitely. I'm curious if... I, I, I would like to see a big day from him, and I think he could really shoot up a little bit, because, again, he seems, to me, visually... Looking at him and then looking at him in, in game film, I feel like he's somebody who's just like a lot of scouts are just like, all right, let's see this guy just put together a couple drills, yeah. right? And just, just confirm the game tape, right? What were you mentioning? Yeah. Another guy, um, and I'm curious what you think about uh, for the Mims pick as well, but another guy, I'm going to go Gladney. Yeah. Jeff Gladney really, uh, I think, could. I feel like he should be a fringe day one guy, yeah. but I feel like he's falling into more a solid day two. I think Jeff Gladney should be more pushing into that late first round uh, mix, and I hope that a good a good combine would do that for him. Yeah, well, and, and let's start with Gladney. I mean, yeah. I think that Gladney, first of all, the tape is great, obviously. Sure, right? Like, sure. I mean, we knew heading into the year this is the best cornerback, not just in the state, but one mm-hmm. of the best in the country. You know, he's been that for three years now at this right. point at TCU. And, and I think that actually the ability to become a good cover corner as a sophomore, mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. Right. You know, the fact that you kind of have that natural ability that you have those fluid hips, that you have some of those, those, uh, you know, technical stuff down, um, you know, and, and the other thing about it too, is that I think that he is somebody again, that good uh, athletic testing numbers would do wonders for him because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, again, like you have to go against Big Twelve receivers so much every single week, and I think that you know when you have to play that quality of receiver every single week, sometimes you know there's a lot of tape. Is yeah. basically the deal, right? right like right. that's the best way to put it. There's a lot of tape, mm-hmm. and um, good and bad, <laughs> right? Right, and I think that you're right. I mean, I think that that Gladney sort of has that ability to stick with receivers. I think that he has high ability as a cover corner, and I think that you know if if. That's one where, again, you would want to look at the 40-yard dash, mm-hmm. for example. You know, you, can he stick with it all the way down? Because right. uh, I'm trying to remember the cor- there was a corner from Florida two years ago maybe mm-hmm. who, like, dominant lockdown corner, and then it's like, you know, he, he ran like a 4-8. Right. You know, and, and it's like, okay, you know, yeah. that's, that's pushing it a little bit. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm all for, like, you know, cutting the guy some slack, but a 4-8 is, yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty slow. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm worried about you on a fly route. Right, <laughs> right. And, and with Mims, you know, I think that you're right. And granted, I mean, I think that I still personally think that little Jordan Humphrey still should have been drafted. And, you sure. Know, and I think that eventually he's going to find his way, I feel like. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that – like you said, Mims has a lot of good tape. I think that people are – I'm, I'm actually really curious about that, and I'm curious on your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the Big 12 has a reputation yes. as a big passing offensive league. You know, Baylor has been that mm-hmm. the past couple of years, but not 
to that extent. Sure. You know, they're not like I'm curious if people watch Mims and see his numbers and are like, Do they, uh, it's another just, Coleman. Like right, it's another Coleman right. or Kendall Wright or something. Well, like, and, and even then, like, well, but he didn't. He wasn't even that productive, right? Because you know he was a. I think he was a thousand yard guy two of the last three years. But it was sort something of a like borderline, uh, borderline thousand yard guy. Yeah. And you know, so like he he had a thousand twenty yards last year, so just got there and had a thousand eighty seven uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So like, do people look at that? Um, you and know, NFL say, people who have right. Yeah. Do people who are NFL people look at that and think, oh, they're playing in the wide open offense? They're, you know, he's running air raid and only got 1,020 yards. And that's right. obviously not the right. case. Right. They're obviously not running air raid, um, but they don't, you know. And again, you hope that obviously the tape proves that that's not what's happening for there. Sure, for sure. But, uh, but, you know, do they not see him as being a hugely, you know, talented receiver or that's hugely a, productive receiver? That's a good question. Um, oh, that That's a really good question. And I'm. Um, I don't know because as much as I want to say, like, of course not, right? You know, why would they, why <laughs> right. they think that? Right. Like, every year we're told – I mean, it becomes clear every year that NFL scouts – I don't want to say – because they're there for a reason, right? Yeah. They they know their stuff. But f- there is often when it, co- when it crosses over from college to NFL analysis and, and, and scouting – there is there are blind spots yeah right and there are blind spots for college projecting to the NFL too sure um, but every year it seems you you get you get hung up on things like hand size or hung up on <laughs> right. things like uh, this guy's or DK Metcalf oh he can't run a route tree even though he's <laughs> right. just like okay he can but he can catch and you can right. teach him those things you know right. things like that to where people get hung up on and I don't know I I would not be surprised let's put it that yeah, way. yeah I. I do think that again, his tape is good enough that it shouldn't matter. Right. Um, I still think he's gonna do well in the athletic drills and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a track star in high school. Right. Um, you know, and the other thing too is that I think that he's really good at doing the little things right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that actually, well, well, this is something I saw in a story. You know, and and this is absolutely true of his experience at Baylor. Like, he's a great pass blocker. I mean, a run blocker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a really physical run blocker. Mm-hmm. Well, people look at that. I, I think that they should. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they should see how much sort of pride he takes in that. He's a really physical receiver, right. you know, which I think bodes well for the NFL level. Um, you know, I, I'm obviously high on his potential yeah. as an NFL player. We'll see. Uh, again, and I think that, like you said, some of the drill stuff too, I mean, like going through the, the gauntlet and all that sort of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. there were times in his career where he had inconsistent hands. Sure. As a senior, he didn't, right? Yeah. He kind of fixed a lot of that. Um, you know, it was really more as a junior where he was a little, when he was the second guy. Mm-hmm. And, Look, when you go to the NFL, I mean, I think he's going to be really good. I don't think he's going to be Julio Jones. He's not going to get 15 balls a game. Right, right. You know, so so I think that if he can prove that, I think that that would definitely be a good start. I'm looking at the Pro Football Focus. Um, they they rated the draft, the receivers in this draft yeah. class. They have him at eighth. Yeah, which is solid, fr- and they have him fringe first round. That's solid. And so, like, and I think they they summarize him perfectly after Lavisca Chenault. Uh, this is from Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. After Lavisca Chenault, Mims has arguably the best combination of size and explosiveness explosiveness at the receiver position in this draft yeah and i think clearly watching like he that is the case yeah and if so at the combine you should be able to like he should be one of those guys where just like oh this guy like did you see him run x drill or this drill or whatever he should be one of those guys to where a twitter video comes out of him doing the shuttle and he's like man that was yeah that was awesome (laughs) you know so 
again, the, right. it, it's he's right there on the border of breaking into that first sure. round group. And I think that this receiver class, it's great at the top. Yeah. And this is kind of a mishmash in the middle, right? You well, have Jerry there's, Judy. There's a lot of guys who could be good. Right. You have Jerry Judy and then probably CeeDee Lamb is a distant, mm-hmm. probably a distant second. You know? Probably um, But then everybody else, LaVisca Chenault is right there, but he didn't have that yeah. senior year that you know everybody thought. Um and then you have I'm trying to think of another name up there. Jalen Rager. Rager, of course. Yeah, Henry Higgins, Ruggs. Higgins. T. Higgins. Um, and so, but they're all kind of right. in that next group. Right. And I feel like Mims is just probably on the outside of that, looking to push his way in. Right. And I and I think you're right. I think he actually could. And actually, I was gonna. So I was gonna give two names as well. Sure. And I will say, okay. So both these names are TCU names. Okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> here's is that a good or, about, is that a good or a bad thing about well, TCU this past year? Well, well, that's that's <laughs> that's kind of interesting, right? Because yeah. TCU obviously has the most invitees. Yeah. Um. You know, sometimes it just works out that way. Like, it's not – sometimes we don't have to just think about it that sure. hard. Um, but, you know, I will say that a certain part of this is because TCU, I feel like, didn't feature a lot of these guys well enough. Fair enough. You know, and so now you want to see something because you didn't see it there. Mm-hmm. Now, again, things happen. I mean, it's not all anybody's fault. Right, but, right. you know, it is something that happened last year on a 6-7 and seven team. Yeah. Um, with seven combine invites, you know. So, so the the first guy that I was going to mention is Rager. I mm-hmm. mean, I think that if he goes and runs sub four three, for example, right. like which he just he, does something insane, right. right? Which is within his possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Then you know what this this guy could be a first round pick tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the guy that I'm way more interested in is a guy who I think uh, he had a he had an interesting career at TCU. Is it? Let me guess. Is it Darius Anderson? Close. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Shea Walanalua. Ooh, okay. Because this dude's a freak, yeah. right? Like, this dude is a freak. So mm-hmm. he, when we were writing um, the magazine up last year, right, I, I did an interview with him um, and and kind of talked to some people around the program. And he told me, so he's six foot two, six foot three, 240. He runs a 4.47 mm-hmm. and also benches 500, I think, and squats <sighs> 770. Jeez. Like, monster but then he, he was like <laughs> not i don't want to say he was never a factor he was a very minimal factor right yeah like he had one game where it was like there we go and right. that was the cheese it bowl yeah like every single game i'm like why isn't this game going like that right and again some of it his fault lots of it sonny cumby's fault mm-hmm. you know all that sort of stuff right I mean, TCU's line wasn't really that great, which, again, it's kind of funny to look at now that they have two guys going to the combine right. who are both good players. Right. Uh, both both who were injured a lot um, in, in Cordell Iwagu. I, I struggle with that name. Mm. And Lucas Niang, mm. obviously two guys who were injured. But, uh, but you know, still, like, why wasn't Shewell Lua a better college player? You sure. know, that, I think that that's, like, a weird thing to think about for mm-hmm. me. And similar deal with Jarius Anderson, who... By the way, is fully embracing. He's just going by Jet now. Okay. On the uh, on the uh, on the the combine website, he's under Jet, jet Anderson. Anderson. Okay. Which hell sure, yeah, sure yeah. Hell let's, yeah. Go, let's get a um, Jet in the NFL. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Shea was just really interesting to me because he was actually their top rated uh, recruit the year that he came out. Mm-hmm. So you know, this isn't something that just that we didn't expect. Sure. Um, you know, I was talking to one of my friends at, at TCU guy, and he's like, man. If only he had switched to defensive end, you know, then yeah. he'd be like a first round pick, right? Mm-hmm. With with those physicals, um, and that size, obviously. But you know, culture the NFL is interesting, right? Because like like Jed Anderson is the perfect example, I think, of like a great college running back in terms of like you get him into space and he can sort of break away, right? Yeah. You know, he can have those big plays. Like when you get to the NFL, 
being able to withstand that first burst mm-hmm. and get four yards, which I think that Alana Lewis better set up to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see him be one of those guys who just all of a sudden is like, oh, this guy was never very much in college. And, and right. now in the NFL, you know, we run him 18 times a game and he averages 4.2 yards per carry. Like, I wouldn't be that shocked. So I think if he had a big day, like if he can if he can get under that four or five range at his size, right. you, you know, and, and again, that's his personal best. Usually you don't hit your personal best at the combine, right. but, but you know, I think that that would definitely be a guy who could. So is there anybody on the list who mm. you think could hurt themselves at the combine? And that's a much harder question because obviously we love all these guys. Right. And you know, we, we think that they're all going to be phenomenal NFL players, <laughs> right. but, but is there anybody here who um, you just think that they don't have as much to gain? I'm gonna go ahead and say I I, I see and I'm trying to find another name because I see yeah. one that's yeah or just do I think it. I might see two. I think Devin Duvernay, yeah, is one of them. I think James Lynch, yeah. I think James Lynch. I think both of those guys are guys who you watch on tape and you're like, wow, damn, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you see James Lynch be the best player basically in Texas last year. Oh yeah. Um, you see Devin Duvernay completely revamp his uh his his draft stock by changing positions to the inside slot and just dominating and being Texas' best receiver by far last year. And I'm wondering if they have anything to prove in the combine? Like anything the combine can do to help them. So the one thing that I'll say about Duvernay and and this will go Uh either way depending on how he does. Sure. Like he was an elite track guy out of high school. Okay. If he's not a four four slash sub four four guy. Right. I think that you know if he runs a five a four five two. Right. Like that's fine. That's right. not like going to kill his draft stock. Right. But the whole deal with him is that he's a freaky speedster. Right. That you can put in the inside and just like grab right. up anybody. So that worries me a little bit. Um, if he does, like you said, if he doesn't blow it out of the water, uh, I'm trying to think with James Lynch. Yeah. No, I mean it's. I think. I the, mean, the case is easy. Right. The case is easy. He's not a physical freak right. like his game is just that tenacity and that relentlessness yeah like he can absolutely beat somebody off off he, he can beat somebody off uh, uh around the edge and on the snap but he's not the guy who's gonna be like damn he's gonna dominate the shuttle and absolutely right. torch uh you know jason peters or somebody in the nfl right. on his first snap he's somebody who you know Took a while to get going at Baylor, and really, when he did, he flourished. Obviously, right. but he's not someone who's like you know. You're, I can't wait to see the forty time with him. Right? It's gonna be <laughs> right. like if he gets four eight, it's gonna be like cool. That's kind of what I expected. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I, I'm I'm interested about Lynch because uh-huh. I think that, like you said, I mean, people are gonna look at his forty time. It's gonna be okay. Right. You know, I mean, it's gonna like, be whatever. Uh, I'm really curious about his shuttle time. Yeah, because. He actually tested very well in the shuttle coming out of high school. Okay. Um, now again, these are high school numbers. This is a sure. long. This is a long time ago. At this one. Yeah. This is history at this point. Mm-hmm. But but he did test well there. Um, you know, which gives some optimism that maybe for his size he could do well yeah. uh, at the NFL level. Um, you know, strength wise, I'm kind of curious to see. I mean, the other the other thing with with James Lynch and one reason that I was I don't want to say hesitant about him coming out, mm-hmm. but like I mean, he's a third year true junior. Yeah. Who wasn't a freak. You know, I mean, yeah. like, that's the thing. Like, if you're Miles Garrett, it doesn't matter that you're 20. Right. <laughs> you know, nobody cares. Right. Like, a, a guy from Baylor a few years back, Andrew Billings, like, mm-hmm. no one cares. Right. But, like, 
like you said, I mean, James Lynch is a strong guy. He's a big guy. He's a, he's got a solid base. Mm-hmm. Um, the it, one thing about him that that again, this this is one of the things about his game that I'm curious. I'm curious how it translates is because you watch a lot of his highlights and again, he's not beating guys off the snap, right? No. He's he's using his great hand technique to move around defenders, move or right. move around blockers, and he's and the other times he's just bullying a guy off the line of scrimmage. Right. Right. And so Again, that's something that's not necessarily going to be at the combine, or something that's going to be visible right. at the combine. Um, well, so, the, the yeah. thing that that's interesting about Lynch too is that he is a guy who, like, I, I I guess watching him early in his career, I always thought he'd be a great lineman, but yeah. I never thought he'd be a sack guy. Sure, sure. Like that, I always thought that he was going to be like an edge guy, you know, sure. like a set the edge, like mm. like you said, not I mean, get beat, not get beat to the sideline. Right, maybe, yeah. right, right. I mean. You know, he that was always what I felt like he was going to be, and then he became a pass rusher. Right, all right. of a sudden it's like I it just kept happening. Yeah, you know, like and I and mean his hand his hand movement is insane. Like he has insane. a great swim move. And he's he has, got a great base. Yeah, and so like I mean he's he's a really smart football player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I mean if if he tests fine at right. the combine, you know, if he tests pretty good at the combine. Like again, he's not going to be an elite pass rusher in the NFL, in my opinion. No, no like, I don't think and, so and I mean, I don't even think that he's really supposed to be. Almost, mm-hmm. you know, because because honestly, I almost see his role at the next level. Uh, like, I don't even know if he's quite an edge player. Like, he's. I think that he's almost like a borderline interior lineman potentially. That's fair. You know, I mean, because I, I he, which he wasn't really at Baylor. Now they played him at D tackle as a as a sophomore but mm-hmm. that was more out of need right um but you know i mean like if he's in a a four-man front and he's like the second d tackle mm-hmm. i don't know maybe I, I don't know i i don't really know what he is and i mean i think that that's also something with me where i was like if you could get another year of film with him at a position and be right. like this is what he is mm-hmm. i think he could have benefited but also like he's probably going to be a top 50 pick i understand why he left sure sure um but yeah i think i think he's going to be interesting um. In, okay. So the the guy that I kind of identified, and I don't really even know whether well, he's a guy who needs the combine to kind of make him. In my opinion, mm-hmm. is Kendrick Rogers from Texas A&M. Oh, okay. So he's giant. Mm-hmm. He's had like four super memorable plays in his career where he like beat LSU and he nearly beat Clemson and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But like every his his tape is okay yeah you know he never sort of took that step Mm -hmm. um and so for me like if he doesn't have a great day at the combine yeah then like is he getting drafted right in this receiver class right i I was pretty shocked that he came out Mm -hmm. um you know i mean i was a little surprised that that courtney davis came out Mm -hmm. um but like i understood what he felt like he had shown and i don't think that kendrick rogers has shown much of anything from a consistent week-to-week nfl perspective yeah no i kind of agree with that and Receiver is one of the toughest positions to just stick in the league, right? I mean, you know, we, you know, again, I, I covered Corey Coleman and like, he's just kind of gone now. Yeah. You know, like, like you don't get an opportunity to develop in the NFL. Like you are either in or you're out when it comes to receiver, especially. Right. Because like, I, I think that, for example, if you're a young lineman, they give you a little bit of time. They give you a little bit of instruction. Mm-hmm. If you're a young cornerback, like they give you a little bit of time. They give you a little bit of instruction. But man, if you're a receiver, they just replace it with the next one. Yeah, well, I got a question for you. How many how many games has Kendrick Rogers had past two years? Yeah, how many games has Kendrick Rogers had over five catches? 
Oh, boy. Um, so is that 26 games total? Roughly one. Because two. two full seasons. I, I mean, he probably missed a couple. So, well, sorry, 20, 2018 and 2019. Just those two. Yeah, those so two 26 years. games or two seasons? Yeah, roughly. Okay, okay. 25-ish. Right. Because, uh, again, I mean, he's been hurt a lot, too, so I'm yeah. sure that. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to say seven. Four. Oh, man. <laughs> and that's five catches. Yeah. You know, that's not. That's not, like, that's not, that's not Jerry Judy numbers. I'm not right. asking him to be, you know, right. and insane. So, Jamar Chase over here. And, like, actually, you know, it's funny. Now that I think back to it, uh, I wrote about him as my feature player in last year's magazine because I basically wrote about him as the, like, this dude has had all the big moments. Yeah. Now well, because look at I'll, I'll show you, I'll tell you yeah. the games. Uh, twenty eighteen, <laughs> seven catches, one twenty against Clemson. Yep. Uh, ironically, the LSU game he only had three catches, but it was okay. fifty three yards. Okay. Uh, NC State six catches, yep. forty four yards in the bowl game last year, and then this year six catches, sixty yards against Clemson. <laughs> six catches, eighty three yards against Lamar, um, and that's it. Yeah. No, and, and I mean, look. I, we see those flashes, right? Yeah. And, and again, that's what I wrote about last year. Is like, we see in these moments he's prepared. Yeah, he's he's ready. He gets open. He you know attacks the ball, all totally. that sort of stuff. And then he's playing Mississippi State, and he doesn't do it. Right? You know, like like. And again, he might test well, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and then become sort of at least a draftable guy. But like, man, again, I it also just kind of sucks too because with Courtney Davis gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you expect now A&M obviously could have like a 10-win season next year. And you got a senior quarterback who you've built a lot of rapport with. Um, you know, obviously Osborne's back. You're bringing in a guy like Demas. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a chance that this could be a really good passing game um, at, at A&M. You're going to have a lot of attention because, again, I, we, we both think that they could be sort of there at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I just don't get why he left. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that that's no, just what it comes down to me. And look, at the same time, I mean, I am not in these people's shoes. I don't, you know, sure, we don't know money. personal lives. We, we don't yeah, know anything exactly. like that, you know, and so it's not our place to judge them for any of that. For but, sure. But it's definitely a little surprising because, like, it just feels like you have to, sh- if he doesn't show something incredible this yeah. weekend, like, he's not a draftable player. Uh, it, you know, and, and looking up and down the list again, uh, I mean, a guy who I think might not test as well and is a guy who I think is a good football player, and I hope people realize that, is Rodney Clemens from SMU. Okay. That, I mean, he is a beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is he is a game changer. I don't know what his numbers are going to look like. Like, I don't I don't necessarily think they're going to be terrible, but, yeah. but like, I don't think he's going to put up these sort of top-end numbers. And, I mean, from the moment he stepped on campus at SMU, I mean, he was a starter, basically. Like, actually, it was kind of funny. I was at the Lone Star Coaching Clinic a few weeks ago. I got to talk to the safeties coach from SMU who raved about him, obviously. <laughs> And then I actually got to uh, got to see the now UTSA safeties coach who was at SMU when Rodney Clemens was a freshman, mm-hmm. and he talked about Rodney like the whole time. He coached <laughs> him for a year, you know. So like like this is a guy who knows football. This is a guy who was a leader in the locker room. He wasn't necessarily like a, a surefire all American uh, all American conference right. player, you know, every year, every single year. But he was just one of those guys who made that defense go. And I hope that he tests well enough so that people go back and look at his tape because it's really good tape. So, whew, man. Yeah, there, it's always a weird weekend because yeah. this is like where college fans and NFL fans start to really overlap with each other. Right. 
and it always gets fans starts to like ah oh, you don't know what you're watching and, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and my my favorite thing every year and usually happens like during the season is when like a college player who was awesome in college just yeah. like and when in like the fourth round or something right. just continues to be awesome it was like oh that's funny huh who who could have thought, thought that aj brown would be good at football <laughs> right, right. that made me so mad yeah. like when when it was like i mean don't get me wrong i mean obviously my big issue with dk metcalf is like dude shouldn't be like a first or second round pick necessarily right. like we didn't i don't think he was gonna be a bad player but like aj brown was better at football right every single game in college right and i had all these people who only followed like nfl draft stuff being like you know some of my friends just being like oh yeah but like look at these testing numbers yeah. and i'm like and and actually well because metcalf missed x amount of games actually he would have had the- no aj brown <laughs> was a better football player right every single down i w- i watched way too much old miss football <laughs> to think that dk metcalf is better than aj brown right you know, and and now we're gonna do this somehow this year with Joe Burrow having small hands yeah. and and Tua actually playing in a gimmicky offense or something. Right, some, like, we're gonna make up something, some crap. Oh, I'm man. curious. So we'll probably do this, or I want to do this when we get closer sure, to the draft. Sure. I want to have like, uh, first I want I do want to do like a conversation of who we think out of the state will be you would bet your money on right now to be the best player in okay, five years. Okay, uh, which obviously we'll wait. Yeah. Um, and then another thing I want to do is. Uh, who's a guy who was straight up, uh, who's not probably a first round, a second round, who is who was awesome in college, who, again, you would put money on to also right. be awesome in the right. NFL. So. I'm, I'm really interested, too, to like, actually see where guys are drafted to. And, I am and very, very curious because about that. Because I think that, you know, again, just look at this list, right? Mm-hmm. I think that, again, James Lynch could be anywhere from, like, borderline, you know, sort of mid-second round pick up to, like, fourth fifth round right. like he's a guy who could fall mm-hmm. mims is a guy who could rise yeah. up to close to the first round you know like there's actually very few guys who are set in stone right now mm-hmm. i'd say uh, the josh jones jones from, from houston is one yes i think that rager's a rager's a first round pick yeah, i feel like he's a first round pick. very fringe early second round right. at latest but like after that you're i mean i don't know what's Prochet's stock look like is it border first maybe I do think that he's a guy who could benefit from a good combo, but I don't think he's going to have elite, elite numbers. Yeah. That's that's the thing. And, like, again, I I hope that they just look at his tape. Because, yeah. I mean, look, if you're talking about a guy who is the best out of the receivers, the guy who is the best football player in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. I, I really think it's James Prochet. Like, Jalen Rager is a really good football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Mims is a really good football player. Both those guys are going to play in the league a long time. Right. But, like... Man, uh, when when Reggie Robertson went down, yeah, holy crap! <laughs> those those last like four games, yeah. James Prochet was like a top five football player in all of college football. He mm-hmm. was insane. Uh, like, in fact, I'm gonna just pull up his final lines right now. Okay, he went 13 for 149 in a touchdown against Memphis, 14 for 167 and two touchdowns against ECU. Uh, you know, only had okay games against Tulane and AV, but 760 a touchdown, 771 a touchdown, and then 986 a touchdown against FAU. Like, hmm. the thing is, too, is like, I mean, not all of them were huge yardage games, sure. but when you're talking possession-wise, yeah. I mean, what does that mean? That means in his last five games, he had 27, 34, 41. He had 50 catches in five games. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> that's insane. And everybody knew that he was everybody, getting was the ball. Say, everyone knew, like, hey, that's their guy. And yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't stop him. By the way, another SMU guy who I'm pretty surprised didn't get a combine invite. And 
bad position, unfortunately. Xavier Jones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He was a beast last year, man. It's a deep running back class. Yeah. It, it always sucks, man. I and mean, like, when guys like Jonathan Taylor going in the second round, probably, like, right. it's, you know, you're dealing with a, just a deep stat class. Yeah. It's, it it's, just sucks. It's, it's bad news. I mean, yeah. the other thing, too, is just obviously, like, receiver and running back are just such tough positions to be right now. Because, mm-hmm. again, like I was talking about with Kendrick Rogers, I mean, if you are not ready right away, you're yeah. out of there. Yeah. Right? You know Ow. I mean? It's just over. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, nobody wants to wait for you to figure it out as a running back. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, especially, especially like, you know, uh, again, people see Leonard Fournette, for example, and, and Fournette was drafted number four or something like that. Right. And it's kind of like you see, well, they're kind of stuck with him, right? Now he improved. You mm-hmm. know, he's he's a better player now than he was, but, like, you can just get a guy in the fourth round. You know, you can get a guy in the fifth round. Yeah. Like, I think that Xavier Jones might just be one of those guys that somebody goes and gets. And right. And is like, wait, this guy's good? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's good at football? Let me put, I'll, I'll, to put into perspective how stacked the running back classes. I'm looking at a couple of mock drafts right now. This is the third round. Cam Akers. God, he's the third round? <laughs> he's the third oh round right God. now. Uh, oh, let's my see. God. Uh, Antonio Gibson at Memphis. Ugh, right who <laughs> was also insane that's the third round that's the late oh, third round like the, it, because i mean also running backs are i mean i hate to say it they're becoming expendable in the nfl right yeah. and they know that they don't need to spend a first or high second round on them they can get a guy in the third fourth fifth you know day three ra- uh, day three rounds or off right. the practice squad or something and they could do well right who was the um san francisco running with moster yeah, right. He just comes in and he's like an incredible. From he's incredible in that zone blocking scheme. Right. And you know, it's another San Francisco running back, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. It just they just pulled him plug, off the street. Just you know, plug him in. North so Texas. like, unfortunately, you know, they get everything gets shifted back because they can wait. Teams feel like they can wait till late second round, early third round to get a running back, right. and that pushes everybody back. And so guys like you know, um, uh, um, um, we were just talking about I lost his name. SMU. Um, uh, Xavier Jones. Xavier Jones. Yeah. Uh, he gets pushed out of the pack because yeah. he probably would. And, and it, in a, five years ago, you know, just five years ago, he probably would have been a day three pick. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But now it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Uh, I'll tell you what. If you are a football player right now listening to this podcast, uh, a high school football player, yeah, learn to play defense. <laughs> That's how you're going to make some money. Be a little versatile. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Let's just quickly go through uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft on ESPN. So, Joe Burrow mm-hmm. at the top right now. Um, even though he has his, you know, tiny Small, child hands, tiny hands. You know, I think he'll be okay. <laughs> Chase Young, number two, obviously. Yeah. Uh, moving down a little bit, Jeff Okuda, a kid from Texas, mm-hmm. number four to the New York Giants. Uh, Justin Herbert, number five to the Dolphins. Going down a little more, Isaiah Simmons. So, one thing that I've heard is that Matt Rule really likes Isaiah Simmons for the Panthers. Really? Yeah, so uh, they have the number seven pick. I, I'm curious if they think that's too high. Mm-hmm. Like, he loves versatile defenders. Sure, sure. Right? I mean, that's something that we saw at Baylor. So that would, that would be kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see him pair up with him. Las Vegas Raiders getting Jerry Judy. I mean, again, it's such a deep receiver class. Actually, what's kind of interesting, uh, so, again, they have Judy going number 12. You know who they have going before him? Rager? No. No, no. Uh, CeeDee Lamb? CeeDee Lamb. Really? At number 11 to the Jets. That's that's kind of interesting. I mean, huh. I don't know necessarily what. So I really like Judy, right? Right. I mean, I I think that both of us do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're big fans of Lamb too. But the thing I'm curious about with Lamb mm-hmm. is he's such a breakaway player, right? 
Like, like I would, I don't know. Aside from like, and even then, even even when it comes to explosiveness, Judy's not far behind. Like, no. When I when I think of C D Lamb, I think of yeah, the big big play. But literally everything else, I would take Jerry Judy. <laughs> right. Well, and that's one of the funny things about Denzel Mims, right? Where I'm just like, I think this might this guy might be a good NFL player. It's yeah. like. Hey, you know what? I think he can catch that twelve-yard ball. Right. You right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. It's like so much of college ball in general. I mean, mm-hmm. it is sort of getting into space, right? Like it's it's oh, okay. I got I caught the ball six yards past the the line of scrimmage, and now I've got to got to do something with it, right? Yeah. And CD Lamb and CD Lamb's going to make lots of good players look ridiculous because he's CD Lamb mm-hmm. and he's incredible, but. But, like, it's still a little different in the NFL when it's like, okay, you know, you made somebody look silly, you got nine yards. Yeah. <laughs> right, know? right, yeah, You exactly. didn't get 71. Right. Uh, so, moving down a little bit, DeAndre Swift to Miami at number 26. He's actually got Justin Matabuki as a first-round pick. I've seen him creeping in the first-round territory. Yeah, so, so I... He's uh, one name, I mean, he's going to the Combine, so he's one name we didn't mention. Yeah. I mean... And, and he's somebody who I think will test well, but, yeah. like... We'll test as well as we think he will. Yeah, you know, like right, I don't, right, right. I don't think he's gonna underperform. I don't think he's gonna especially overperform. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that's interesting about Matabuke is that, well, first of all, if if he came back next year, I mean, and M like, Hoo-wee. that that would have been big for them. Obviously, yeah. obviously, they still got good players. They got plenty of talent, right. but um, but you know, Matabuke is interesting because he wasn't a super productive player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which D tackles oftentimes, you know, it's hard to, to the naked eye, it's hard to gauge a lot. Right, right, right. Um, he's definitely one of those guys who, who definitely, now that a lot of NFL draft nicks have started slowing down his tapes, like, oh, that was a nice move. Right, right. (laughs) Oh, wow. He just moved him out of his way. (laughs) You know, that sort of (laughs) stuff. So I will be curious to see, that is interesting to see him all the way up that high. Cause like, I kind of felt like he was going to be like, okay, you know, he's a mid-second, mid, you know, early third, something like that. Um, I'm glad that people are paying attention to that. He's a good player, obviously, yeah. but it has been a little interesting to see him explode like this. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, the crazy thing is, I mean, we still got an entire month to go, right? Of, right. Or really two months, because, I mean, it's late right. April. The draft's right. late April, so, like... You know, we have this, we have whatever they decide to do a pro day, right? Those are always interesting to see what narratives come out of that. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have interviews, which are a whole new thing. Well, that, that was that was another thing that I, uh, you know, I'm putting out an article tomorrow kind of talking about guys who I think can rise again. Like, yeah. I mentioned with Alana Lua. Yeah. You know, he, he was arrested. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's something where... He better perform well there. You right. Know, he better have a good sort of explanation for it. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, these interviews are brutal. Like, yeah. so borderline, I mean, we've heard some, you know, some borderline racist things come out of these interviews. Borderline. <laughs> very, very, you're right. Very racist. Very above the, uh, above the line. Uh, I, I, won't, uh, I won't tell you. Uh, I, I, I'll go ahead and not tell you whether me and Jeff Ireland share an alma mater. Right. It's, I don't see it relevant. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, who, yeah. by the way, is the one who asked the Des Bryant question. Yeah. That, uh, that oh, went to uh, very – anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk we about have it. A, let's put it this way. A lot can happen yeah, in, so, the next, uh, in the next two months where a guy like Matabuka can move up even more. Yeah. Or he can drop just because they don't like something he said in an interview. Yeah, right? He could drop because, like, they just – feel like he's too high and his name's too long right uh 
you know, so so another guy from the state of Texas also mocked in the first round. Uh, first round, excuse me, Grant Delpit. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. where he's yeah. mocked right now? No, where? Freaking 49ers. Ooh, oh, my God. That would be mean. That'd be. That would be mean as hell. Yeah. Just lock up the <laughs> NFC again. Just lock it up. <laughs> Man, that, that Chiefs 49ers rivalry. That could last it a while. It should be. I want to knock on wood because we've, we've had this before. We're like we two have. young teams and yeah. two the teams Seahawks in their prime. The will win another. Right. <laughs> Just at all. The, the heat and the thunder will be in the finals for the next Ugh. five years, right? Oh, and it's man. like, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, ish, we are nearing the basketball tournaments. Yep. TexasBasketball.com. If you want to keep up with any of our state high school basketball coverage, we also are starting to have a few more things from the college perspective too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it helps yeah. when you have the you know number two men's and women's team in the state, both or uh, in the nation. Excuse me, yeah. both playing in the state. Uh, we're gonna have a close eye on that. We're gonna have a close eye on what happens in the D two, D three levels as well. Like I said, it's going to be very involved on both the boys' and girls' side when it comes to the state championships. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the girls start next week. We will all be in San Antonio for that, and the boys also the following week. Yeah, yeah. So TexasBasketball.com. If you haven't as yet, something that we're trying to be better about, go find our Facebook page. Yes. Uh, how, do you, how do you find it? What's yes. the URL? I am finding it right now. This is <laughs> exactly. a great we're, reason why, this we, is why we're, we're trying to, to be better it. about it. <laughs> it is, as I bring it up because my computer is going really slow, DCT. B ball, DCT B ball. Okay, so the so letters DCT slash DCT B ball. Yes, yes. And uh, I do know that the Twitter account is at DCT Basketball. Right? Yes. So yes, uh, go follow that there. Again, I mean, look, it's not like we're overfilling your feeds or anything like right. that. Like if we're posting something really on on either Facebook page, like we're we're trying to get to you. You know, we think that it's something worth sharing. Uh, Again, if you haven't as yet, please become a subscriber, textfootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, That really allows us to just do a lot of cool content, you know, a lot of better content. Like, you know, one thing that I was, not to go on a whole thing here, but, (laughs) but, you know, one thing that I was talking about some people with is like, we have the ability because of subscribers specifically to like, I mean, I don't want to say that it almost feels like we have unlimited ability to do what we want to do, mm-hmm. but like, there's a reason why you know every outlet in the state isn't going to San Antonio to cover both the boys and girls, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you know most outlets aren't taking the time to go to El Paso to write these stories, you right. know, why we don't have you know Ashley Pickle going down to the valley, you know, most outlets don't do that, right? That's something that sets us apart, and the reason that we're able to do that is because we have our subscribers who let us do those things. So. 100%. If you haven't as yet, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Become a subscriber. Thanks again to our sponsor, North Texas Honda Dealers and Ish. We'll talk to you again next week.